2: Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL the Chicago Bears. This is the Bears Wire podcast powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Bears Wire editor, Alyssa Barbieri.
3: Okay, the Bears fall to 5-3. and three. They're now outside of the playoff picture after losing to the Saints, but we're recording on Tuesday right now, Alyssa, and I know there's some breaking news going on right now as we're getting ready to record. All kinds of crap going on with the Bears' offensive line. Uh, let us know the latest here. What's going on with the Bears' offensive line? What are you hearing?
4: So, I mean, obviously the Bears' offensive line has had its share of struggles, and they were without a few starters uh, heading into Sunday's game, and now tackle Jason Spriggs, who was filling in for an injured Bobby Massey. He's tested positive, for COVID 19. So he's been placed on that list and also starting right guard. Jermaine Effetti was one of those close contacts. So he is technically on that reserve COVID list, but Ian Rappaport said there's still a chance that he could play on Sunday right now the Bears offensive line which you know hasn't looked well even with its starters there I mean it's just a complete mess right now
3: yeah you've been critical of that group and uh, now they're dealing with all kinds of crap COVID injuries I know Cody Whitehair too is also a question mark right
4: yeah he suffered a calf injury uh, against the Rams and Matt Nagy had said that it wasn't something that was going to keep him out long term but if he doesn't uh, if he is not able to play on Sunday against the Titans I mean this is gonna this offensive line is gonna look a heck of a lot different than it did last
3: like I said, we're recording on Tuesday. So besides uh, COVID-19 positive tests, injuries to Massey coming out, we now know he's going to be out a month and uh, the election. There's nothing else going on, right? <laughs> Listen it's just a normal Tuesday. <laughs> Everything's great. So uh, the NFL trade deadline, the Bears stamp hat, that's kind of par for the course for Ryan Pace. I don't think a lot of teams are trying to part ways with really good offensive linemen, but obviously the line has not performed very well. I thought that was an area of need for the Bears. I was interested to see if Ryan Pace would try to make a move at that position. Position, but he stands, Pat, and we're going to have to go forward with the with the guys we do have, the guys that are healthy and not on the COVID list. So wh- what do you think about that, though? Uh, Pace, again, choosing not to add at the trade deadline. What's your uh, leadoff take on that?
4: I mean, I'm not really surprised as the only time he has made a trade at that time was Dontrell and then back in 2017. So I felt like last week against the Saints with, you know, Massey going down and then it looked like Spriggs was going down for a second there with a knee injury before he returned uh, and Rashad Power just continuing to just look like a complete bumbling mess, that that would be like a wake-up call for Ryan Pace to go and make a move and to bring some more offensive linemen in. But, you know, I mean, there are still a few still on the free agent market, but I mean, the fact that Ryan Pace has not made a move to bolster this offensive line and the depth was already a question heading into the season and the starters uh, obviously as well but this offensive line I you know I made some notes you know if Cody here can't Go on Sunday. This is what your offensive line could look like for the Bears. Charles Leno in at left tackle, Alex Spars at left guard, Sam Mustafer at center. He looked pretty good in his first start uh, in place of Cody Whitehair. Possibly rookie Arlington Hambright, seventh round rookie Arlington Hambright there at right guard, and Rashad Coward moving over to right tackle. So and going up against this Tennessee defense, <laughs> it's not something that is particularly encouraging at this point. But I mean we'll see how this all, you know, shakes out, whether Ryan Pace makes a move, you know, later this week or the health of Cody White here which we'll see here after they get to practicing on, on Wednesday
3: you'd have to think they're going to have to do something Alyssa to add a little bit of depth going into Sunday especially now we don't know what's going on with Spriggs we don't know what's going on with the Fetty with the COVID situation so that's going to be a lot to follow up on later in the week we to have to check on Bears Wire for that all right so what do you think about this loss to the Saints it's Oh, my God, are we beating a dead horse with this team? We are just beating a dead horse. Same thing as always, low-scoring, inconsistent quarterback play again. And and you've been been commentating on Foles a little bit. You're starting to come around to my way of thinking that Foles is no good. He's not a started quarterback. He's just terrible. And uh, you're starting to tweet about that, Alyssa. You're calling him statuesque in your writing. You're calling him a statue which I agree with 100%, and now I'm even more worried because Matt Nagy seems like he's kind of bullish on Foles. He's not going to make that move. He's, he's sticking with his guns with Foles, and that's his guy somehow. And now with your offensive line in Shamble and Foles that just doesn't move back there, uh-oh, this is getting scary. This this could get ugly, and, and, and that cushion... <laughs> That 5-1 cushion is now 5-3 and three and dwindling at this point. The cushion's almost gone <laughs> that Matt Nagy was talking about last week. So what do you think about Foles behind this patchwork offensive line now going forward?
4: Well, I'm mean, going want to make one thing clear. Like, it's not – I think the one thing that everyone's seen is that this is not all on the quarterback. You know, whether it was Mitchell Trubisky in there or Nick Foles, the problems run much deeper. The offensive line struggles, the lack of a, a run game, though, that did get going a little bit against the Saints. And obviously, Matt Nagy and the play calling and the scheme is just like it's not working but it, it was frustrating because this was the first game where I I actually was wondering if Nagy would make the switch mid game. There was a moment on the sideline, I think. Well, I mean, well, listening to Troy Aikman like actively campaign for Trubisky to be brought in this game, and yep. listening to him just kind of like moan about how hard it is to watch the Bears offense. I'm like, dude, try doing it every week. <laughs> it's painful it's, for it's Troy. Just Aikman. Painful. Yeah, yeah, very painful.
3: <laughs> it's very painful, Troy.
4: It, it really is. I, I thought that there there was a moment where he was warming up on the sideline with fulls, like where he had a helmet on. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Is he going to make a switch? Like I thought they were keeping Mitch warm just in case that next drive that Foles, you know, maybe threw another pick or something and they wanted to throw Mitch in there. But then that was that drive that Foles led uh, led for a touchdown. So I'm wondering if the thought did cross his mind. But I still think that Matt Nagy is too stubborn to make the move because he already made the move to Foles. And if he goes back to Trubisky, it's like admitting that he was wrong. Yep. And, obviously showcasing the fact that he's the one uh, that's at the center or the root of these issues on offense. Not to say that Trubisky is all that better than Foles, but when you look at the issues on the offensive line and how Foles is a statue back there. He does not have the mobility. He cannot get out of there. And sometimes he holds on to the ball a little bit too long. You know, he just cannot survive behind that offensive line. It's just a matter of time before maybe he does get hurt. But I think that if you plug Mitchell Trubisky in there, one of the things that he has, obviously that Foles doesn't, is the Ability to get outside the pocket and to use his legs. And I think if you put Mitch in there, you're at least giving yourselves a better opportunity uh, back there on offense. Again, not saying it's a cure-all. We saw that Mitch got benched for a reason earlier this season. But I mean, looking at the struggles of the offense, offensive line now, that you're going to be down three starters and some key depth pieces. I mean, you have to try something back there, especially if Foles, who he has not played like he was supposed to, like a veteran. He actually has posted stats that are either on par or worse than Trubisky at this point. Mm-hmm. And again, you can't put it all on the quarterback because Foles has played some tougher defenses and the offensive line, you know, Trubisky did have the starter offensive line there from the beginning, but. I mean, if Foles keeps this up, I don't see how you can't go back. I mean, are you so stubborn to the point where you're going to jeopardize your team's, you know, stance or running in the playoffs? I know they're like on the outside looking in right now, but they're one game back from the Packers in the division. So would Matt Nagy consider making that move? I really don't think he would at this point. If this keeps up and Foles has another dud against Tennessee, where some of the issues are on him, where – he's holding on to the ball too long, or he's making those poor decisions that sometimes makes him look like a rookie back there. If he keeps that up, how long do you keep with them? Because just as we held Trubisky or they held Trubisky to those same standards of play, how do you not do the same with Foles?
3: No, it's a great point. I think, The word stubborn is a great way to put it. That's the word I was looking for uh, when I kind of phrased the question for you, Alyssa. Stubborn. Matt Nagy is stubborn with falls. Maybe he's getting pressure from Bears Nation about this. If I think Bears fans feel a certain way. I am a big believer in the Twitter poll, and I love the Twitter poll that Alyssa put out there. I want to talk about that on the other side. We'll do that coming up next.
2: Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends the stardom. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends at a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini
5: from the Huddle.com. Welcome to week number nine. I'm Corey Vinini of Huddle.com here to talk to you about strong plays for your fantasy football lineups. All four of these guys are a little bit on the risky side, but that's where we're at this time of the year. Quarterback Derek Carr, the Las Vegas Raiders, at the Los Angeles Chargers. Carr is quietly on pace for his best fantasy football season to date, even after a lousy week eight game. The Raiders are getting healthier, and the quarterback position has averaged 25.8 fantasy points per game this year against the Bulls. Five quarterbacks have gone for at least 20 points, and three have gone for 24 or more, in the last four contests alone, Jets running back Lamichael P. Ryan should see a pretty healthy workload against the New England Patriots. It probably won't be pretty in terms of yardage, but there's a hint of upside here as a flex play with a player who faces a defense that has given up seven rushing touchdowns on the year. And what's maybe even more alarming is five of them were over just the past two contests. There's hope here for a situational football break to go P. Ryan's way. Another rookie, Jerry Judy, the wide receiver for the Denver Broncos at the Atlanta Falcons, he saw 10 targets last week. And 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 he has averaged nearly seven looks per game when Drew Locke has started all four contests. While the touchdowns haven't been there, this could change in week nine. Atlanta has given up five touchdowns in five games and eight on the entire season. The matchup is a little better suited for PPR volume though, which is another reason why you should get him in your lineup. Finally, tight end Greg Olson of the Seattle Seahawks at the Buffalo Bills. The Bills have given up six touchdowns to the position in eight games, helping create four performances of at least 17.8 PPR points. Keep in mind, this could be a risky situation, especially seeing as there's so many weapons for Seattle to spread the ball around. We saw last week Olson can get lost in the shuffle in a hurry. He is an intriguing risk-reward decision, with several prize fantasy tight ends either hurt or underperforming. For more fantasy football information, news, and advice, check out thehuddle.com.
3: So, Alyssa, like you nailed it. Whenever you want to get the uh, you know the fan bases take on a certain situation, you just put out a Twitter poll, and they'll, they'll tell you. And you put out a poll that asked whether fans want to stick with Fools or go back to Trubisky, and it was overwhelming. I mean, you got over you got way over five hundred votes on this thing. I don't know what it ended up with uh, for a final, but it was like between five and six hundred votes, and it was like sixty-five percent Trubisky which tells me right there, Bears fans are done with Foles. They're done with Foles. They're with us. So we're all hopping on the Trubisky train right now. It kind of seems fair, right? Trubisky hasn't technically lost a game yet. I know the guys on ESPN, the get-up show, have been all over this, calling for Trubisky to start again because he hasn't technically lost a game. He got benched in the middle of that Falcons comeback when Foles came in. But Trubisky had won his first two games. He has a fourth-quarter comeback himself against the Lions. So maybe it's fair to question whether Matt Nagy made the right choice in benching Trubisky during the game and getting Foles in because it did spark the team against the Falcons. But maybe he made the wrong choice when he went to Foles as the starter. You know what I mean? Like, maybe it wasn't time yet to give Foles the job. Maybe he should have given Trubisky a little bit more time. The Bears were 5-1 and one a little while ago. They were in first place. And now they're 5-3 and three and on the outside looking in. And there's a lot of good teams in the NFC. And if they're not careful, they could fall out. of this thing, especially if the 49ers figure out what the hell's going on with their team. That's going to be the key. Will Nagy swallow his pride and give Trubisky another shot? And I don't think it's like there's a good chance of that right now, but it seems like Bears fans want it right that is that the feeling you're getting from bears country like that twitter poll doesn't lie listen they want it they want they want Trubisky back
4: yeah that was shocking to me and hearing some people that you know that were just like against Trubisky being out there and they were you know they wanted Foles in there seeing some people kind of like backtrack and be like okay well so it's clearly you know not just the quarterback here like I I don't think that they're saying that Trubisky or Foles are good I mean none of them are going to be the future of this team I think we can agree with that but I think at this point we talked about bringing Foles in against the Falcons to kind of bring a spark I think that maybe going back to Trubisky does the same thing brings a spark to this offense again I mean again, there's so many issues on offense that it's not just the quarterback here but to hear people clamoring for Trubisky and even nationally listening to them you know ask for Trubisky and, and Troy Aikman listen like it felt like from start to finish when Trubisky got in there for that one run like early in the first half Listening to Aikman he was just kind of like asking that he's trying yeah. to like put that thought into Meggie's yeah. head there they want- Uh, Bad when
3: when Trubisky got that carry, they're like, "Yeah, let's go. We want him back."
4: Yeah, and I, I think they just want some kind of spark. I mean, Trubisky wasn't good, but at least when he's in there, things were a little bit more exciting. And you know that he can, you know, get outside the pocket there and you know make things happen. You know, whether that's good or bad, but I think that at this point, people are just kind of getting just sick of the fact that Foles, he was brought in. To be an established veteran presence on this team, which he has been in the locker room, but like on the field, when you see him making some of those mistakes mistakes that Trubisky made and mistakes that if Trubisky made during a game, he would have been absolutely roasted for. And just to have those kind of glossed over a little bit, and you see it's one thing that you know, watching Coles' first couple of games where they were struggling there, they went against some great defenses and the Colts and the Buccaneers, but. At this point, you have five starts to kind of go off of at this point, And it's just been consistently he's not getting it done and we talked a little bit about this last week where like if he has everything around him he's someone that can succeed but he doesn't have the pieces here in Chicago he's not going to be the guy that just magically fixes it and he's not being helped by his coach either
3: he's got five starts under his belt and he's now got a losing record in those five starts and it it, it just makes you wonder when is enough going to be enough when will it be enough for uh, Matt Nagy to make that change again and go back to Trubisky I think it's going to come at some point this year I, I I just have to think it is full Foles is one of the worst quarterbacks in the league in terms of rating. He's thrown eight touchdowns to seven interceptions. He's just been mediocre at best. He's been mediocre at best. If they put Foles in there to give the team a spark, nothing sparked on this offense. This offense has continued. The same problems have persisted, right, Alyssa? Like, the offense continues to be dormant, and now the offensive line is in in shambles and is going to be kind of pieced together this week, and this could get disastrous really fast. We, we could be talking about a lost season soon, and, and that was hard to believe back when it was 5-1 and one for the Bears. He's got to be careful. Like I said, this cushion is going away. It's going away. It's it's fading away. This game against the Titans this week is not going to be any easier, so very interesting but I do want to get your take Alyssa on wide receiver Javon Wims punching the crap out of someone with his helmet on you know punching a guy's helmet this is always a that's always a good way to uh, get in a fight when you're wearing a helmet and it's all strapped up and you start punching each other that's that's a <laughs> that's a great tough guy so move. Stupid. yeah even more stupid is why he was punching the guy right can you just tell our listeners in case they've missed this why Javon Wims got himself a two-game suspension yeah
4: I mean it was pretty ridiculous that he was punching at a helmet regardless that I remember uh yeah. that he had gotten into it with Prince and Mc... Camera back in training camp a couple of years ago and like with the same instance happened where you just don't punch a helmet. I mean, it just, let's just, get that clear. But, you know, there was someone on Twitter that they did, like, a breeder breakdown of, like, what had happened. So apparently, like, Gardner Johnson had, like, swiped out his ma- uh, Wims' mouthpiece on one of the plays, and then Wims basically stewed on the bench for 11 minutes, just kind of thinking about it. And that kind of prompted him to, you know, try to swipe at his own mouthpiece, and they threw a couple punches. And then Ian Rappaport had tweeted out that Wims had told the officials that Gardner Johnson had spit on him, which then that kind of, you know, takes things into a business light with this covid situation like that's yeah. a serious thing right there can't be spitting on people especially during this this Gardner Johnson guy he is you know this is, he's no stranger to you know stir in the pot here he's he, he mocked Tree Cohen for his his height last year and he got into it Allen Robinson a little bit last year and he even got into a fight with Michael Thomas during practice this year this Gardner Johnson guy is no saint here
3: yeah 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 no nice pun right there I like that Um, uh, that's definitely fair. Do you think there's any additional team discipline coming for whims? Like, do you think he's in danger of being released or do you think they'll just let him serve his time here and then he'll be back?
4: I would not be shocked if they did release him. I would think it would have already happened. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, but I mean, yeah, two games, we'll we'll see what, I think he's eligible to come back after that Vikings uh, game on Monday night, but Thinking about that, I've never seen like that kind of happen on the field the way it did, where it was like two sucker punches. It was just kind of like out of nowhere where, you know, he wasn't even being covered by him yeah, on the yeah. field he's it kind of walked up to him and just kind of it looked very very weird so yeah, was, yeah the whole situation was a mess there's no excuse for you know doing that obviously we saw what happened when Gardner Johnson was you know sticking his finger in Anthony Miller's face and Miller had the good reaction which just kind of brushed him off a little bit but you can't lose your cool out there especially when you're costing your team yardage and any momentum they were building momentum at that point and it was just completely killed by a penalty
3: um, yeah yeah 15 yards I mean that's brutal it's all over a mouthpiece. You can't let yourself be that easily instigated, Alyssa. That's just that's just poor form. And the Bears coming up, they need a win. They need a win bad. And now they're going to play a mad Titans team that just lost to the Bengals. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens here. We'll, we'll get Alyssa's take on this matchup with the Titans coming up
2: next. It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites the underdogs and the over-unders i think i want my money back now here are jeff clark and esten mclaren from usa today's sportsbook wire
0: Hello, I'm Esther McLaren of Sportsbook Wire and Bet and Podcast. I'm joined by Jeff Clark to break down all you need to know to bet on the Week 9 Sunday Night Football matchup between the New Orleans Saints and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucs, they're 6-2 coming in. 5.5-point favorites, minus 110 odds. The Saints, 5-2, and two, plus 5.5 underdogs, minus 110 odds again. Big NFC South battle. Bucs come in in first place. Jeff can they hold on against New Orleans Saints? Everyone's down on Drew Brees right now, and it feels a little ageist to me. Old man Drew is seventh in the league in QBR, and he hasn't had his two best weapons on the field for most of the year. Speaking of which, he should be getting back wide receiver uh, Michael Thomas, who is the reigning offensive player of the year. And the Saints' defense is improving. they've even invested here at the trade deadline by acquiring former San Francisco 49ers linebacker Quan Alexander. Give me the Saints plus the points. I'm taking the Bucs. I like them be talking about Michael Thomas coming back. Antonio Brown's debut for the Buccaneers. That Bucks defense looking great as well. Second in the NFL with 28 sacks. Subscribe to BetSuppin' podcasts on your favorite app. Please be sure to rate and review. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human
1: remains that are left... Okay, so we
3: talked about the NFC playoff pitcher a little bit. You got the Seahawks number one, six and one. The Bucks are six and two survived the Giants. Oh, Tom Brady, he hates playing the Giants, Alyssa. He can't the, the Giants are just his kryptonite. He almost lost. And if it wasn't for Danny Freakin' Jones. Have. Yeah, if it wasn't for Danny Freaking Jones being Danny freaking Jones. Uh, you know, the Bucks might have actually lost that game, but they found a way to win. They're six and two in the number two spot. The Packers have slid to number three, but they're still fine. They're five and two. Eagles, three, four, and one. They're actually your fourth seed as the NFC East Champ right now. And then you got God. then you got the Saints and Cardinals at five and two. I think both of those teams look like they're kind of surefire playoff teams. And then the Rams at five and three tied with the Bears, but the Rams right now have the tiebreaker. So your Bears have fallen from firmly inside the NFC playoff pitcher to the first team outside of it. We're at the midway point now, Alyssa. So this is fair to look at this list now and be like, okay, like where are we at in terms of the playoff picture? Like this is getting this is getting real, and every game is going to be magnified as we go forward here. And this game with the Titans is sneaky big, especially after you know a winnable one against the Saints they let get away. It would be really nice for them to split these two tough games between the Saints and the Titans, and I think it just puts more of uh, more pressure on them to now beat the Titans. And this is going to be a tough one over there, five and a half point underdogs. Right? What do you think about the matchup?
4: The first thing that comes to mind is Derrick Henry scares the crap out of me. As he should, he's a unicorn. Exactly. And I think like last week, even when they lost to the Bengals, I mean, I don't want to face a pissed off Titans team that has lost two games in a row, but also got, you know, the crap kicked out of them by the Bengals, which is just pretty ridiculous. But even like Derrick Henry, he still had like a 100-yard rushing game and he averaged 6.2 yards per carry and I'm just (laughs) like, oh my gosh. Against this Bears run defense, which I mean, they looked a little bit better, but it's uh, it's still very suspect. We saw what happened when they went to against Camara last week. So that matchup definitely terrifies me. Um but I was always, you know, thinking about like the last three games with the Rams and the Saints and the Titans, I always thought the Bears would be in a good position if they won one of those games. Obviously it would have been better if they'd won the Ra- uh, that game against the Rams or the Saints, just right. because obviously NFC opponents and also tiebreakers are in place here. So now you've lost both of those tiebreakers. You still have the-, the Tampa Bay tiebreaker. So at this point you're hoping for the Saints to win that division and then you know kind of you know hopefully the Bucks kind of fall a little bit here. But this this matchup against the Titans on the road, you know, it, it does scare me, especially with like I said, the Titans coming off those two losses. The Bears have too, but, you know the Bears' offense, that's the entire situation. is just not comforting. I mean, the, I know the Titans' defense had their share of struggles last week against uh, Joe Burrow and that Bengals' offense. Yeah, this, this, this game scares me. Uh, I think it is a winnable game. But again, that's if the offense can just kind of do its part, which for a little bit there against the Saints, it looked like it could, until everything just kind of right. just bottomed out. In bottomed spurts. out it's them. in
3: spurts, right? <laughs> and you know, one thing that could help the offense, and one thing that Nick Foles leaned on when he was in his heyday in Philadelphia, is the tight end, right? right? I mean, yeah. they had Zach Ertz over there. The tight end position is huge. Jimmy Graham played like uh, poo-poo in this past game and even apologized <laughs> in, on Twitter, right? For his poor performance. Yeah. He po- apologized. He knew he was bad. I'm just waiting. What are they going to unleash this Cole Komet kid? I mean, he looks like he can play. I like this kid. And they just, he doesn't seem to get a lot of opportunities. Like, it'd be nice for them to just fully unleash this kid and see what he's got. I mean, Jimmy Graham has been lumbering around for the last few years. He wasn't that great in the, with the Packers either, and they got him out of town. Uh, the Bears pick him up, but I, I think Jimmy Graham's kind of cashed at this point. Uh, when are we going to see more of this Comet kid?
4: Yeah, I you, going back to Graham for a second. I, the one thing that kind of like you know made me mad last week was that opportunity in the red zone uh where Foles just kinda of dumped it off to David Montgomery. And you know, there was an opportunity with Graham, he has thrived in the red zone. If anything, this season for the Bears, that has been his bread and butter. Yeah. Those red zone opportunities and he's had a so couple of his
3: catches. Yeah, he has. Yeah. Yeah.
4: So like the Bears need to get him going in the red zone when they're down there. Like Foles needs to be targeting him. But yeah, Cole Komet, I mean, he's been like Emma most of the season here. And again, going back to I want more, too. I mean, your top, you know, rookie draft pick here, uh, especially because Matt Nagy just continues to say, oh, we got to get Cole Komet more involved. We got to get him more involved. Mm-hmm. Like, his, his reps are going up, but his involvement in the passing game, not so much. I mean, he he almost had that blunder in the fourth quarter against the Saints there, but, and, you know, thankfully, because he would have, no one would have wanted to see Komet after that least <laughs> for a little bit. They definitely need to start getting him involved a little bit more, uh, for sure. We'll see if Matt Nagy continues to just kind of say, oh, we need to get him more involved. And fails to actually do that, but they need to utilize their tight ends, especially in this game. Oh,
3: you know, he likes to tell us all the things that that he's going to do over and over and over again, and he does it each yeah. week, and that's this is what we do. This is you know, it's I to
4: wonder if he has like short term memory. Issues.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we 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 keep having new nicknames for Matt Nagy, and now it's like repetitive Matt Nagy. That's what it he is. He's Mr. Repetitive. He's stuck on repeat. <laughs> his man, but yeah, maybe maybe more Cole commit between the twenties, and then you get Jimmy Graham involved in the red zone. I don't know. I just want to see more of the the rookie because I think he's I think he could play. I think Foles needs that guy. He needs these short, like kind of RPO style things that they used to run in Philly. I mean, it was all timing and, and based on like run action and stuff like that. And I don't know. It just it, I'm still just so I'm I'm questioning the fit in Chicago so much. I'm continuing to do that with yeah. uh, Nick Foles, but. All right, so we're just going to have to stay glued to the Bears' wire, I guess, L- Alyssa, for the rest of the week because there's all this crap going on. We know Spriggs has now landed on the COVID list. As we said earlier, there's injuries to the offensive line. Massey could be out for a month with his knee injury. So, you know, white hair, we're not sure if he's going to be able to play. So besides that, everything's great in Bears' country. So uh, Alyssa, <laughs> I'll, I'll just be staying glued to your your stuff on Bears' wire and on Twitter. And uh, I guess we'll see, what, we'll see what happens. We'll see what kind of team the Bears can put on the field in a really big spot against the Titans. It's going to be interesting.
4: We'll see if Nick Foles uh, can survive behind that offensive line if Maggie finally makes a switch or if he's forced to.
3: Yeah, he he might be forced to because he might literally need a quarterback who can who's capable of running for his life, right? <laughs> Foles is incapable. Or Foles might
4: actually be taken down. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't like... we don't want that. You know, we like we, we like we that, like no. Foles the guy. I just don't like Foles the quarterback. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to say that. I don't know if I like Trubisky either, but I like him more than Foles right now. I just yeah. I'm ready for a change. We'll see. Maybe a lot to the Titans will finally uh, make that happen. We'll see. But in the meantime, enjoy a crazy, wild unpredictable week. All right, Alyssa?
4: <laughs> we'll see how this pans out. <laughs>